In episode 7.2 of Unshuffled, we discuss the second album from The Pretty Reckless called Going to Hell. But first, here's Seven Planets. Welcome, listeners, to Unshuffled. I'm your host, Matt, as always. And as always, a big welcome to my co-host, all the way from Japan, Mr. Scotty D. Big Matty H. It's good to see you again. Good to see that (laughs) you're healthy and well. Yeah, after my little second dance with COVID, I had it last week. I was locked in a room. And my wife was leaving me food at the door like I was... You know, Quasimodus, you'd throw the throw the animal carcass in and I'd leave a few bones on the plate. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I didn't see my wife and kids for a week. And um, anyway, I had plenty of time to listen to music, which was which was nice, but nothing else was particularly pleasant. Glad uh, it's yeah. over, though. Yeah, no, I have to say that I, there's nothing about this that sounds appealing. But when you were describing your day to me, there was that part of me that was just like, oh, man. That sounds kind of amazing, <laughs> so, but but I don't want it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not wishing anything upon myself. And, no, don't and jinx I'm, yourself. Yeah, but if you do get it, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Music gets you through everything, I find. And that's what we're all about here. This is a music podcast. Unshuffled. Welcome back, listeners. Really good to have you back for today's album. Today, we're going to be looking at the second album from the pretty reckless Taylor Momsen's band, Taylor Momsen and Friends. Unshuffled, as you know, you're listening to us, so hopefully you know a little bit about us already. We're trying to bring back the album. We're doing it band by band, album by album. You know, We'll talk through each one. We think this is a good way to listen to music, You know, to be systematic about it, to choose intentionally the band you want to listen to and, and work your way through the catalog. So we were trying to encourage that in our audience and it keeps us honest to it, keeps us listening to new stuff and, and make sure we're always expanding our musical horizons. We had plenty of positive things to say about the Pretty Reckless's first album, Light Me Up. Second album's always a challenge. Which way are they going to go? Are they going to build on that or are they going to go backwards? We're going to get a sophomore slump. Is it going to be better than their debut? So, yeah, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. As always, we haven't spoken about this anything. I have no idea what you think of this, but hopefully you got a little bit to say about it because we've got 45 minutes to fill here. Mm-hmm. I got a thing or two. Good. Well, we can start the podcast then. Shall we get going? <laughs> Let's do it. Why don't you tell us about the album details? All right. Well, so this one was released March of 2014, which is almost four years to the day after after the day the debut, if you will. And I think from what I understand, any of the touring that happened behind the the first album, they had picked up this new bass player, uh, Mark Damon, who did not play on the first album, but I believe toured with them. So the point is that they had, seems like they had about four years to kind of tie this band together and, and, and get them up and ready for the, for the second album. But with that said, four years, it feels like a long time between a debut and a, and a sophomore, right? I mean, normally they try to get that out a little bit quicker anyway so came out 2014 
uh, on Razor and Tie Records, which I don't know much about that label, but I think everything they do from here on out is on that label. Kato Kandwala, who was playing bass on the last album, produced the last album, is back with production for this album. And it was recorded again in New Jersey at Water Music. The first one, I think, was recorded at a couple places. This one seems to have been exclusively recorded in one place. Lineup, for the most part, is the same. It's, it's Taylor Momsen vocals, Ben Phillips guitar, Jamie Perkins drums, and then uh, Kato Kandwala sort of steps back from the bass duties, and Mark Damon is in. Um, it, it takes over for that. And we also get a couple of guest vocalists, uh, which we'll talk about hmm. in a moment. Uh, cover art features uh, Taylor Momsen wearing less than she was wearing on the previous uh, album, Insert. Uh, this is just Taylor Momsen's back with the sort of symbol that they've come up with for this album. It's a photograph. I believe there's two versions of this, a buttocks one and a non-buttocks one. I thankfully have the non-buttocks one but i think if you i think on some versions including the vinyl you get the full uh, taylor momsen back anyway for what it's worth photography is by i think you know a little bit about the photographer is that right yeah daniel hastings uh i just found i, I only yeah. know what i found um and i put it into the show notes he uh yeah has done a couple of i think this is his first thing with the pretty reckless but he's since done several other things with them and taylor momsen um, he's got photo spreads, Lady Gaga, Jay-Z, uh, Naomi Osaka, Kendrick Lamar, Wu-Tang. Um, seems, he's, I, I put the link in the show notes and he's got quite, quite a spread. I mean, the, for magazines, album covers, etc. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the cover here? What are they going for? I don't know. Um, I, I think that, uh, I, 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 I feel like I should have a better response to this than I do. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a little bit of, um, I mean, her, right. You know? Yep. She's the star. Yeah. And kind of just pushing her to the forefront. Uh, I, I don't yeah. know that there's anything. I, I don't know that it goes deeper than that. I don't know if there's something that we're supposed to take of her sort of looking into this void of blackness or if, I, I don't know, or if, if, if it's just, if, if she's just like, look, here's, here's, here's my back. Here's some of my assets. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's get, I'm glad you put it. I'm glad you put it on the end of it. <laughs> let's put that on the album cover. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't see anything deeper there. I, I, I think, I mean, I've already, you know, I've seen the album cover for the third album and I, I, I feel like I have a lot more to say about where I think that's going to go. But I don't, with this one, I, I, I feel like it just kind of is what it is. I don't know. I mean, look, purple's their color, it seems. So I quite mm. like the color scheme. Uh, I think that suits the band. Nice, lush purple. Taylor Momsen's the star. There's her back with the, and the, it's got the symbol of the album. I guess they're going, they're trying to put that symbol at the forefront as well as Taylor Momsen. Whatever. I don't, I don't have any, any major reaction to it either way. It's just, it seems a little meh. I don't know. I would have preferred a painting or something, but anyway, it's fine. Hmm. I, I didn't know that they had the, uh, the 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 buttocks and the non buttocks version, if you will. I think I've only seen yeah. I've only seen the version that you have. Okay, yeah, it actually the CD 
comes with a fold-out. I'll just hold it up for you. There's a fold-out CD insert with the, well, we don't get the full picture, but a sort of bigger version of the album cover when you fold it out. Are the lyrics on the flip side? And the lyrics are there, which is always nice. Not that you need them. I think every lyric is pretty clear on this. It's right. one of the few albums where you just don't need a lyric sheet, but right. you get it anyway. Shall we get into the track by track? Yeah, let's do it. Hmm. Do you want to you wanna start this or do you want me to? No, I really don't. <laughs> I want you to. All right, I'm going to do this one then. Um, okay. We, we start with uh, Follow Me Down. Because we have... Sorry, we do have one of our additional vocalists here, so right. uh, perhaps you can talk about the right, intro. Right, right. The additional vocals by Jenna Hayes. I and I don't know, I don't know much about Jenna Hayes, and this isn't me sort of like punting and trying to be coy or I, I, I really, I'm unfamiliar. I'm not familiar with her work um, beyond what she's done right. for this album. But apparently yeah. she has, uh, she has, she has her work out there. And but you had mentioned, I you did mention that you think that they have sort of that they have a, a friendship or a relationship of some sort, which might have been what brought her on here. But anyway, so first track, "Follow Me Down." Uh, it looks like, from what I can tell, and I don't know if you see anything different there, but that it was exclusively written by Taylor Momsen. That this, this, there are a couple tracks on this album that seem to be pretty exclusive to Taylor Momsen that aren't sort of the group dynamic that most of the other songs are um it starts off with jenna hayes you know doing doing what she does and from there it sort of uh uh, kicks into a nice little you know mid-tempo rocker kind of similar start to what they did with the last album i didn't think it was as catchy as my medicine i mean as far as if i'm going to compare album starters uh i thought my medicine was maybe a little bit catchier kind of got me in but with that said this one does kind of fall into like this cool sort of swampy groove kind of as it gets going i like the the pre-chorus i like how it plays with the percussion of the acoustic guitar i feel like that's kind of doing a lot by way of percussion um and then this song is just riddled with sort of uh double entendres clever or not um and a lot of wordplay sort of in the lyrics yeah i must the first time i listened to this the, the, I was just I just taught a class and the students wandered out and I thought oh cool I've got a free free period here I'm going to uh, put this on my loudspeakers and, and have a listen and yeah we get the the faked orgasm to to kick it off from adult star Jenna Hayes I do think they're friends she thanks Jenna Hayes in the liner notes and she was in one of the film clips on the previous album so yes they obviously have some sort of friendship or relationship that uh, has led to her being on this one. It did Something make, did it make you think of um, Rocket Queen at all? Yeah, obviously there's, there's some parallels there. I guess they're going for titillation and sort of de- being deliberately controversial. I mean, it's sort of a, a pretty attention grabbing opening, if nothing else. I, I do like that groovy bit. You mentioned that uh, it reminded me of sort of baby did a bad, bad thing, you know, that, that style in, uh, in yeah. the, in the chorus and then the repeated, and then it's repeated with a heavy guitar. And I really like the, I mean, the production jumped out at me again. I think we spoke about the excellent production job on the previous album. I think if anything, it's even cleaner and crisper here. It's, it really sounds good. And the lyrics on this and really throughout the album, there's a mixture of a mixture of sort of contra, you know, trying to be controversial and, and provocative mixed with some religious imagery and this one you know the river the image of the river and i guess a sort of baptism kind of theme i here's the thing that i'm realizing as we're having this conversation right now and i think i dawned on me 
when we were talking about the last one as well. <laughs> I, I'm I'm enjoying the the pretty reckless, and I'm enjoying listening to these and uh, and and where. But I have never felt more like a dad in talking <laughs> about these albums than I do. Like I feel like I feel like every other discussion, every other album we've talked about, I I've I've talked about as a and I just I feel like I don't know what it is. I feel like every everything I say feels a little bit more measured. Like all of a sudden the dad just sort of kind of standing in front of this microphone. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why I can't sit here and say, yes, there's a porn star who starts this album. And I'm wondering, does she just walk up to the mic and like do that on the spot in the studio? Do they like, how did they get that recording? These are the questions I have, but there's like this dad part of me that's standing in front of the, the microphone saying, let's, let's just, let's not talk about that. Let's just move on. But Metal dads. <laughs> is. And this, this <laughs> album is making me feel it. Well, talking about the pretty reckless, I guess is making me feel it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we are old enough to be this uh, the lead oh, singer's dad, so maybe that's it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming it, that uh, that sound at the start is faked, but uh, there's no way of verifying that. I and thought, shouldn't I know the I'm... difference by this age? Like, shouldn't I know the difference <laughs> whether or not that? that... Right. I, I don't. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Let's not go down that path. Uh, look, I really like Taylor Momsen's vocal performance on this. The band sounds great. The production's good. I'm going to move on to the second album before we get any daddier. <laughs> the next one is Going to Hell. This is probably the most metal they've sounded so far. Really, a really metal riff in this one. And they bring in some evil sounding, uh, sort of evil sounding backing track, backing vocal track in the chorus just to amp up the, the metal there's um, there's a quiet sort of please forgive me far the middle section so again that this God stuff gets a good workout I suspect uh, Taylor Momsen has religious parents just put it that way so yeah I quite like the song I mean being a big metal fan as our listeners know I've like the metalness of it doesn't really impress me so much especially coming off power trip but you know I, I, I still liked it though. I also like the finish. There's a really dramatic finish and a sort of evil laugh and some guitar feedback to finish. My biggest concern with this is in her list of reasons that she gives for going to hell, that they've really got me worried because um, among the list of things that she's done wrong, she says, for the way I condescend and never lend a hand. Now, if being condescending and not helping out as much as you should are reasons to go to hell, I think I'm in strife, Scott. But yeah. uh, anyway. I better ease up on the condescending stuff. Uh, all right, what are, you, what are your thoughts on going to hell? Uh, she, does, song? she does sing about taking lives. I mean, uh, well, yeah, okay. that might be that might be, okay a, with that. that might be a fast track. Um, I thought going to hell re- reminded me it, it 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 immediately the the song going down from the first album. Yep. That sort of confessional aspect of it, it it called back to that one for me sonically. I, I like how the, the the drum the drums are sort of it's like a muted sound to the to the way that they're being recorded on this song, but they're still very busy. And and it, it's it's when you were talking about the sort of the evilness behind it or whatever, it, there was a moment about two minutes and twenty seconds in where it just it felt like this was like a ghost breakdown. Oh yeah. And I felt like, oh, this this totally could have been a, a moment on a ghost song. But yeah, no, I it was it, it is. I think it is the heavier of the songs that we've heard from them up to this point. 
which this takes us to heaven knows continuing third song in a row with this sort of going to hell motif, right? Uh, whether we're going down to hell or trying to figure out what heaven knows. This one has been not ridiculed is not the word I'm looking for. That's not the word I'm looking for at all. Uh, There's been uh, sort of comparisons that this was one where it was trying to sort of be queen like. And, and I think that that sort of that, that beat kind of just being one beat shy of we will rock you is where that is coming from. But I definitely, I don't know that I would have come to that on my own. I think, I get it. I get where the, the, that sort of criticism is being made, but it also feels like a bit of a reach. Uh, it does feel like something that was intentionally again. And we talked about this a lot with, with ghost um, sort of intentionally made for kind of a stadium, right? That, that bigger audience. And, and I think they were maybe kind of picking up some of these bigger crowds in the, in the tour. And this was sort of built for that. I think there's something about it that also kind of reminds me of gorillas. Do you remember the band gorillas? There was an aspect, there's a part of the song that reminds me of them. And it, I don't know, it's, it's, it's just, it's a bit of a stomp rocker. And I think that that's absolutely uh, okay. You didn't mention the guest vocalist, Bronxville High School Chorus. I did not. I I don't know if there's any janitors in that that, (laughs) uh, lineup. Shaking their keys. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah. Look, I can see the parallels to We Will Rock You. It's not just the the stompy beat, the foot stompy, hand clappy beat. Uh, I think lyrically there's some similarities, you know, the sort of nonsense kind of lyrics that are similar to the lyrics in We Will Rock You. So, yeah, I can see the comparison and I might have got there. I, I read the same review you did, but I probably would have made the comparison even without it. There's some differences, though, in the chorus. And I like, I like, it's a real school theme. I like school themes. Maybe it's because I'm a teacher. You know, I like school themes in, in songs. But we're always the bad guy in those songs. Yeah, well, that's all right. I don't mind. Okay. Male teachers tend to be. Female teachers are treated very differently in metal songs. But anyway, let's not go down that path either. I think it's, I think it's a fun song and it's a catchy song. It was, it was probably the first song that really jumped out at me. It's like, yeah, that's good. I like it. I don't know if it's going to stay with me very long, but it was fun while it lasted. Uh, after that, we get the first ballad on the album called House on a Hill. This one starts with a heartbeat, and the heartbeat sort of drives the song, which I like. It's a nice idea, the, the heartbeat rhythm. It drives the song rhythmically and thematically. There's, I will talk, I'll talk about the lyrics in a moment. I really like this band's ballads. I have seen some criticism of their ballads. Some people just tend to like their rockier stuff. I really like their ballads. I think the biggest asset of this band is Taylor Momsen's voice, and the ballads are where the voice gets the most space to, to work. Plus, here we get strings, which, you know, I'm a sucker for strings. I think there might even be a timpani in there somewhere, which I like to. It took me back to Chiriche or Cerise, the, the ghost song a little bit, some of those, the timpani element there. Some really stirring moments in this song and a, and a beautiful acoustic sound on this. I've just been listening to Alice in Chains for the last couple of weeks, and there's a I think there's a real art to recording acoustic the, the acoustic sound. I think this band does it well. So I like really, really quite like this song. Lyrically, I thought I had this figured out. I was convinced I had it figured out. This is a song about a haunted house, right? And I thought 
And I could imagine this being a theme song for one of those, you know, Netflix shows about a haunted house, house or house on haunted hill. It would work with them. Yeah. Day. Something like that. Mm. And so I thought, yeah, okay, I get it. I know what it's about, but then the, I watched a film clip and it's got, and I thought, hang on, what's all this? Cause it had images of sort of dictators and world wars and stuff. <laughs> If I just missed the point of this song, anyway, I'm sticking with my haunted house interpretation. I don't know what that other stuff is, and I really like the song. It's one of my favorite songs on the album. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, you, you kind of covered this. I don't really have much more to add other than do, you, do you remember back in the day? And I, I think I talked about sequencing on the last album too. But this definitely feels like a track five to me. Hmm? It feels like. Do you remember like the power ballad was always track five? Well, this is track four. This is track four, right? That's what I'm saying. Like I, so when it when it came going one early, when it came up at track four, I'm like, I, this has happened too soon. It's <laughs> it's supposed to be the next song, um, but no, that was it. it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this does sort of harken back to that um, that power ballad feel to it, and 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 I like I like I'm a sucker for a good power ballad. Yeah, me too. So yeah, no, I did I did enjoy this one. Which takes us on to Sweet Things. Track five. Track five. It is track five. And, and this one, I like the double vocals here. And I think I didn't like the double vocals on the last album, right? I felt like they kind of, uh, if I remember correctly, this time I do like them. I like the way it works. And in fact, it's sort of a side note. I could totally have heard Mark Lanigan doing that, uh, the, oh, the, yeah. the other the other singing. Um mm. And then uh, sort of this is um, after her thematically sort of after her conversation with not Mark Lanigan, I, I assume it's uh, Ben Phillips, right? Cause he was the one that was yeah. doing a lot. Okay. Um, the devil, I assume um, I, I, she does this. She, I do like this. She does this sort of lyrical twist and, and she starts using the I'm evil, right? It goes into that sort of the, that first person lyrical twist. And, and then she goes through that exorcist style sort of, there's that interlude, right? Where it, it, she goes through that, that sort of that possession, possession interlude. I, I don't know. It's a full story. I, I like what she's, I, this one, I, I, I guess I was somewhat mocking when I said clever wordplay on the first album, but this one I think legitimately is clever. I think that it's very well done. Like you watch the progression of this character and and i'm what i'm what i was trying to figure out and i don't know is is this like not to say that this is necessarily uh um, there's a whole story running through the entire album right but it feels like there might be don't know not sure anyway there's definitely in this song yeah, I like your Mark Lanigan thought. That would have been a nice mesh with her voice. And and it takes me back a little bit, I guess, to the work he did with Queens of the Stone Age. And there was a fairy tale album on that that they put out. And this is a kind of twisted fairy tale song too, a sort of take on the on the big bad wolf kind of fairy tale that turns into a sort of, you know, has a sort of much more creepy and sinister tone than just a wolf eating people, which is pretty nasty in itself when you think about it. Um, I really like the opening of this. The bass sound is a kind of Roddy Bottom, Faith No More bass feel in that opening riff. I was less enamoured with this song. I It kind of lost me a bit, that, that duet thing. I, I quite like the idea, 
and enjoyed it the first couple of listens, but it ended up just being a bit too back and forth and too much of a mix of styles for me and, and just in the end became something I wasn't looking forward to hearing when it came on and I ended up skipping it to, you know, in my last few listens. But, uh, yeah, there is that twisted fairy tale element made more unsettling by the instrument in the background. Now, I don't know what it is, but what which instrument plays sort of circus music? The calliope? Is that what that's called? Yeah, so, yeah something like that. It's got some name. I, th- I think there's one of those in, in the background here, or, or maybe it's a mellotron or something. I don't know, but there's an, a nice, um, you know, that adds to the to the fairy tale feel to this. Um, but yeah, not one of my favorite. I like the idea, but and I, and I would have liked to hear more of that. The male vocalist, mm. more because any harmonizing on this album tends to be her double tracked, right? And I think it might have benefited from a different voice harmonizing with hers rather than just la- layering her voice over herself. Mm. Maybe we'll hear more of Mr. Phillips later in later albums, we'll see. The next song's called Dear Sister. This is a strange little song. It does it goes for what a minute or so or less. There's an idea for a song here, but it just kind of never got finished. I just found this quite odd. I don't know what you thought about Dear Sister. Yeah, I didn't I I don't It's the second of the five songs that are credited only to Taylor Momsen on the album. I don't know I, I don't know what it is either. I I don't know what it means. Is it is it I don't I don't lyrically I, I is it a plea to her sister or her real sister? Is it I, I I don't get it either. I don't get how it I don't know. It's it I, I think the way that you just described it as as unfinished is is yeah. the best way to say it. It feels like it I didn't know like I felt like it should have led into absolution. Yep. But it, but didn't. it didn't. And so yeah. I don't really know what it what it is or what it does. But I guess with that said, I, I can lead into absolution. Yeah, why don't you? <laughs> this and this song sort of this plays a lot with that quiet, soft quiet, right? Where she kind of, um, I mean, you know, the, the style that Cobain, I guess, with Nirvana, they sort of even perfected. And she really kind of punches that first line of each verse, sort of of hitting hard on on the consonant sounds. There's a bit of a funky guitar that comes in behind the chorus that third time through right the chorus comes through and then on the third time on the line of time keeps falling on this kind of funky guitar solo comes in and the guitar solo or sorry the guitar solo that later happens kind of sounds like a sax solo mm. that works with that sort of funky uh, Nile Rodgers was what kept coming to mind on mm. on what was being emulated on that it w- it was interesting because should have sounded out of place in that song, but it didn't. It totally worked. Mm. And then it wasn't even, a, it wasn't abused at all. It just sort of quietly comes in and, and then quietly goes away again. I, I, yeah. I liked it. I liked how sort of just stealth it, it, it was back there. Yeah. And you like the song? I do like the song. I, yeah, I was trying to figure out which were my, I realized I never identified which one was my favorite song. And I think- all right. This one or Sweet Things might be up there. Okay. Well, this is my favorite. Absolutely. I really like this song. I got some Alana Miles vibes on this one. It's oh, yeah, totally. Much, blue, much bluesier feel to this one than their others. 
love the sound of this. I mean, it's a great sounding album. I've mentioned that a couple of times, but yeah, the dynamics, I love the dynamics on this. Um, it doesn't sound too compressed. It sounds like there's, which makes those volume changes really jump out. There's a couple of heavier bits, but it keeps coming back to that opening bluesy riff, which I really like. It actually led me to ponder, do you think maybe they're in the wrong genre, this band? Like I, I could see them really working as a blues, bluesy rock band rather than trying to push this heavy hard rock, heavy metal thing much further. I, I, I could see her voice. I think she's got a great voice that would be suited in a, a number of different genres, but I, I just really like the, the bluesy nature of this song and, and could see her being a fantastic blues singer, perhaps even more so than hard rock and heavy metal. Just a thought. Mm. Yeah. I can see that being, being a side project. Hmm. Uh, the next one's Blame Me. This is another one where I just came out of it thinking, I'm not sure what they're going for on this one. This was It's a very laid back song, a sort of pop rock song. So they're experimenting with different styles and I'm all for that. But this one just never really got going for me. I, this one was a bit flat, especially after Absolution, such a great song. I mean, it's it's well recorded. It, it sounds good, but it just wasn't particularly memorable. It wasn't something that caught my ear. So I, I again, sort of didn't spend much time with this one compared to some of the other songs. Your thoughts on Blame Me? This is, again, another Taylor Momsen song. And this is one where I, I was trying to figure out as I was listening to this song, what's added or subtracted when um, three people are writing a song versus just her. And I couldn't, I, I, the song feels somewhat different than some of the other kind of songs on this album. Like, I mean, Dear Sister, track six, I, I clearly get how that's a Taylor Momsen song. Um, and then the next one I'm going to talk about, Burn, as well. But I couldn't really hear what, I don't know, I couldn't really hear the difference between when she's writing a song by herself and when everybody's sort of writing a song together. So I'm, I don't really have any insight as to who's offering what. But the song does maybe seem to have more space and isn't quite as busy. I feel like I could hear the bass come through more on this song than I could on the other ones, if that's it, if she just leaves more space. I don't know. I have no idea. It was okay. This this track really felt like, felt like a track eight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're getting to that point of the album, aren't we? Yeah. We're always we... Hunting for filler around here. Right, right. Which leads us to Burn, and and this is one where, with Dear Sister track six, where I was like, okay, uh, I guess that's that. Um, with this one, I really wanted it to be longer. I really wanted this song to develop more. I, I, I wanted this song to, 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 to blossom into something, and, and I felt like it, it should have, but it didn't. It's just, it's her and an acoustic guitar, and it's, 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 it's nice, but I felt like it should have turned into something bigger. Yeah, it's too short. It had a this had a nice Irish sort of Irish pub feel to it. That heavily strummed acoustic. It reminded me of um, my my son loves the, the there's a uh, what's it called the, the redheaded uh, Celtic warrior girl um, oh, the Disney film. I can't remember the name. Of uh, it. Brave. Brave. That's right. Yeah, which has got a brilliant soundtrack. I think it's up there with my favorite soundtracks from from my kids film from my kids movie collection 
Man, we just brought uh, so this back to a dad podcast again. Yeah, we're dads again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, I'm, you know, there's probably better parallels I could have used there, but it does have that Irish uh, Celtic or Celtic feel in the opening. And I would have loved this to be longer. This could have been a great four-minute song, but it just felt like it was over too quickly. Uh, the next one's called Why'd You Bring a Shotgun to the Party? Now, we've made plenty of comparisons, I guess, you know, female vocalists, which is, we've compared her so far to Alanis Morissette and uh, uh, Joan Jett, and there's not many female vocalists left to compare it to. But I've got, uh, there's one that we haven't yet, and that's Susie Quattro. So that's my comparison here. So why not? Why not compare it to Susie Quattro? Yeah, there's a Susie Quattro feel to it in, in, in terms of the musically and, and lyric in her singing. Lyrically, I don't know about this one. I don't know. The, I don't mind the music, but what's the message in the song? It seems to be people who carry out mass shootings are losers. Is that it? I mean, see, that's it. I mean, come on. I mean, yes, we know. <laughs> and there's some shotgun effects. Now, there's a machine gun at the end. So, you know, yeah. that was my other problem with this song. Like, hang on. We've gone from shotgun to machine gun. So, Anyway, I I didn't mind the sound of this song, but this just seems like if you're going to do a song about mass shootings, which is a major issue in the US, particularly, and it's probably something that the younger audience have their thoughts on, I just felt like this didn't do that topic justice. I didn't. So, and maybe this was just because I didn't want to, but I wasn't inclined to take this song literally right in in that sense and and i was trying to figure out does does a shotgun mean, mean something and then at the end right there's the little shotgun or it's a automatic rifle or a really fast typewriter i don't it's something going on in the background and and that's where i was like I, I guess i wanted the shotgun to be a metaphor for something different and only because i felt like this song the first album there were so many songs that kind of like as if you had just shown up at a party that had, you know, you, you came to a party late and, and by the time you've shown up to this party it's just gotten really messy, right? Where you walked in and you're just like, Oh geez, what, what did I miss? And you're just kind of looking around as the one that's not sort of in that same state as everybody else thinking, gee, all right, this is ugly. Um, and I, I felt like this song fits that vibe, right? Where, where you're that guy that's maybe a little too sober for, for the events that have just started to transpire at this party. And I felt like the, that last album was a lot of that. And this one is sort of uh, kind of brings us back to that. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have taken I hope it's not it, literal. You know what? It probably is. It, it Honestly, it probably, I think that I'm, I, I think, I, I don't think there's any other explanation for it. All right. What about the next one? Uh, the next one. Is is it blurred out on all of them, or is that just sort of the prudish American versions I have? Like, is it literally is it called effed up world, or is it called fucked no? Up in, world? in Europe, we're a little more liberal over here in Europe, so it's just called fucked up world. It here. is called fucked up world. Okay, I wasn't sure because every version I think I've come across of it has the it's been blurred out, and I've even seen it referred to in print as effed up world. And so I was like, well, maybe that's actually what it was supposed to be called. Um, anyway, I think the, the video clip might be messed up world. I think. Oh, you're right. It is. It totally Totally is. Yes, it is. Um, that's right. Uh, and, and this also sort of just the vibe kind of feels like a continuation off the first album. I feel like the what I was thinking of this idea of uh, 
the the motif or the theme of going to hell kind of i feel like stops with these last three songs right i feel like that going to hell sort of motif goes from tracks one nine and then 10 11 and 12 feel like maybe they were i don't know add-ons from something else but anyway um it the it's got you know a cool little drum break at two minute 30 kind of sounds like he's playing on buckets and pots and pans and whatnot um yeah no it's it's all right that's it it's all right i get why it's a single i i just i i I guess i with these three songs these last three songs i sort of i really liked the first nine tracks of the album um and i liked the the sort of the theme or the thread that i felt was going through it all and i felt like these tracks 10 11 and 12 you know how sometimes when you get like a a bonus version of an album and you have some of those songs that are just kind of tacked on and they weren't necessarily meant to be there originally I don't know why I felt like these last three tracks sort of were that. Right. Yeah. It, uh, I agree that it's, you know, it makes sense as a single. It's got a very catchy chorus, which stays, stays with you. I, I'm a little more positive about this one than you. I like that percussion bit in the middle. I like the tambourine throughout. She's, uh, she's bashing on a, a tambourine, which gives it a nice uh, danceability sort of, you know, feel feel to it. Uh, there's an amp hum at the start of the song, and they do that a little bit throughout the album. This little bits from the studio that they've left in, just to, and, and I'll talk about that in the next song as well. Some of that sort of stuff. But I like the fact that you hear the you know the amp, the plugged in amp at the start of the song. Just a good catchy song. I quite enjoyed this. The only my only. Uh, and I know we're talking about the album, not the film clip, but this is a, a strange film clip. I don't know if you've seen it with this sort of um, with sort of frolicking in the beach. You know, there's some women in bikinis spraying each other with water pistols. And I just don't know what the film clip's trying to say and how it relates. And again, I'm being a dad here maybe, but, but just let the film clip to this had a very confusing message for me and it, it just left me scratching my head like are they, try- are they trying to talk about the exploitation of women are they being ironic i i think that's what they're doing but it, it just left me they weren't doing it in such a way that it was clear to me what what i was supposed to take out of it put it that way but you know film clip aside i enjoyed the song the last song is another ballad waiting for a friend an acoustic ballad quite a folky sound of this one and it, again another good way to showcase her voice so I'm, I'm always happy with the ballads that they put out just because it's we get to hear taylor's voice front and center one thing i love about this the little detail is the squeaks of, of the strings as he as the guitarist moves his hands up and down the guitar they haven't taken those away and it, it makes it feel a bit more real a bit more live and it's a very sad song you know there's the theme here is sort of loneliness and loss at the end of a relationship. So uh, a sad song and a nice song, maybe not necessarily the best song to finish with perhaps, or maybe it could have been better earlier on in the album, but uh, I, I liked it. It was a nice song and, and um, yeah, it felt very intimate, very, very sort of live feel to it. I, 
I actually, yes, I did like this song as well. The little harmonica on there as well. Um, this sounds like something mm-hmm. that, you know, definitely made for an in kind of those in-store performances. Uh, I think though, when I was looking at the record tracks, I was, I wanted this to be, I wanted her to be covering waiting on a friend by the Rolling Stones. I don't know. I don't know why. Like there was, there was a, I don't know. Then I got to this and this was, this was a, this was a nice little song and, and I can see where I've seen footage of them doing um, acoustic performances. And I feel like, I don't know. I have no sense of what the relationship between Taylor Momsen and Ben Phillips is, but as far as being a songwriting duo, they seem, they seem to be very much in, in, in lock with one another. And, and I think that this song is maybe, maybe one of the, the first times that they've really had a chance to kind of showcase that. Mm. Yep. So, so it's a sign okay. of things to come. Yeah, good. All right. Well, we're done with the track by track. Overall thoughts. What, how do you think this compared to the first album? Did you enjoy it more? I, I don't think so. I think I enjoyed the first album more. I, this album felt a little it didn't feel as consistent as the first album, I think is, is what I'm, mean. but I also, I always have this thing and I don't know if it's true. It's, it's, it's a theory, a, a totally disproven theory where I think, well, let's hear it. <laughs> um, where, like these bands that sort of like go on and are propelled to, you know, greatness or whatever. I feel like it's always the third album. Or the fourth album, but it's it's that's where they've got to prove themselves. And I think we give a lot of sort of leeway to the second album, right? And and I think maybe I gave, I, and I think maybe I just kind of approached this from that perspective, where, um, like I feel like with that third album, I and I have not listened to a single thing off that third album, but I really like the uh, the album art, and I'm I'm intrigued by that. And I'm, I'm really curious. Like, I feel like the third album, that's going to be the one that's going to be the one that sort of blows us out of the water where it's like, Oh yeah, here we go. This is, this is the band I'm hearing about. And I feel like this okay. album. I hope didn't so, do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I wasn't quite there with this album either. It, it had its moments, but I think, yeah, the consistency was a problem and they experimented with different styles and genres. I, you know, I, I felt like the, the heart, the heavy metal part, Kind of worked at times, but I, I kind of enjoyed some of the other things more. So we'll we'll see which path, how far, how much further they take the full-on heavy metal hard rock sound, or whether they sort of explore these sort of bluesier elements further on the next album. Be interesting to see. Now we mustn't uh, forget our very important duty of the uh, band Brownlow. So enumerating the best performances on the album. I hope, I hope you've got something to say here so I can gather my thoughts while you do it. <laughs> I do. Um, I don't, you know what? I don't think I wrote down what I had done. Oh no, I do. I do. I do. Okay. So I do. I was like, I was afraid that I did an exact repeat of what I had done last time, but I didn't. This is, that's this okay. Is, this is different. To. No, 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 no. It's different. It's different. So this one, my one point goes to drummer Jamie Perkins. I feel like I heard him. I felt like he was, he was busier. I don't know. I liked, I, I did think the drums were better on this album than I had than I, or I appreciated the drums more on this album than I had on the first album. Um, my two points then goes to Ben Phillips 
And my three points goes to Taylor Momsen. And without having heard anything else the band is going to do, I feel like my my 2.3 point is probably going to continue to be pretty consistent throughout. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going Taylor three again. Ben Phillips two. And uh, yeah, I think I'm with you. I really like the drums on this too. So I'm going to have the same as you. Who's the drummer? Is that Jamie that? Perk? Jamie Perkins. Jamie Perkins. Yeah. All right. Mark Damon, you got to get on that board. Better impress us with this yeah. third album. The next album. What? Who? Who? Who are you selling for? Who are you selling for? <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I don't know if the the grammar's right there, but you know. No, it, it, it's definitely awkward um and they only have four right so we're we're looking at we've got two more yep yeah we're getting through it okay i think the fourth yeah. one just came out recently yeah yeah all right i've got all right i've got a son playing piano i've got a daughter yelling and there's a dog barking next i was just gonna say where did that dog come from <laughs> <laughs> we better start winding things up here right. uh thanks for listening everybody it's been a pleasure as always hopefully you uh you enjoyed that album and, and got uh, at least a few songs out of it that you really liked, just as we did. Um, but maybe you even preferred it to their first one and you think we're completely wrong, in which case, email us at uh, unshuffledpod at gmail.com and tell us we're a couple of idiots or tell us how clever we are and that you completely agree. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter if you want to interact with us that way, We, as well as um, linking to all our podcasts and show notes through twitter we also retweet some some interesting articles and album related stuff that we find so be sure to follow us there there's also a website unshuffledpod.com which is the uh, place where we store all our old shows and sh the show notes that go along with them so you can check that out there and i'll be updating our show notes a day or two after this gets posted on uh, after the podcast is in your player so you know plenty of ways to contact us please do so we'd love to hear from you thank you to small stone and seven planets the track you hear at the opening and closing is called vanguard off seven planets brilliant album explorer if you like instrumental stoner rock or if that sounds appealing to you that should be the first one you check out a great groovy rock album so check it out and small stone are a great label so while you're there go and have a look at some of their other bands they're brilliant thank you scott been a pleasure as always and i look forward to hearing what they do with this next album hopefully the listeners will come along for the journey absolutely agreed thank you matt and uh thank you listener stay healthy out there